0: sure that in each of your hearts is a little uh, reminder that Christmas is almost here. Amen? Amen. And I trust that you'll take the message of today with you and that you will be delighted in sharing what you know about Christ with others. If Jesus is the reason for the season, then you've got a reason to speak. Amen? Amen? And so my prayer today is that we will remember that. We are going to go back into into the prophecy this morning, where it says in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Those words were prophesied 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. So the question arises, what was happening during the time that these words were uttered? And why would the prophet suddenly say, there's a sign, and this sign is a virgin, and a a, a male child would be born, and having been born, his name would be Emmanuel. We need to go then and have a look uh, together at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, And we go there and we look at the fulfillment of these words. You have a literal fulfillment and you have a spiritual fulfillment. So the literal fulfillment we look at for a moment this morning. It's when this prophet, through prophecy, when you prophesy, you prophesy for the present. That means he was talking to a situation of today. In doing so, what does prophecy say? It focuses on the present as well as on the future. So this prophecy was 700 years, and then 700 years later, there was a fulfillment of this prophecy again. That's how prophecy works. Prophecy is telling forth the Word of God. Prophecy is foretelling the works of God, what God is about to do. You need to understand that. The most unique thing about your Bible is that it is based on prophecy. God's foretold, foretold word and works. Amen. Amen. So, like a good doctor this morning, we're going to look at, take a diagnosis. And when the doctor puts a tethoscope on you, what's he doing? Uh, he's not just tickling you, he's listening for what? He's listening for symptoms in your chest, in, around your heart, whether you're ill or not. But when the doctor is finished examining you, he gives you a script. And you take that prescription or script to the chemist and you cash it. Then you put all the bottles on the, on the shelf and then everybody visits you say, you see, I've been to the doctor. Is that what you say? No. <laughs> you don't show everybody the medicine. You say to everybody, look, I'm, I'm getting well, I'm better, because the doctor gave me the prescription. Well... We don't want to ignore this morning God's prescription for this world. God has a prescription. When you look at Isaiah chapter 7 uh, and those verses, and especially verse 14, you will notice that Israel was in a time just like we are today. They were in a time of turmoil. They were in a time when they were far from God. They were in a time when there was confusion. They were in a time when... Ahaz, their king, was fearful that Israel, the ten tribes, had made an alignment with Syria. And they were going to attack Judah. And so there was fear in Judea. And Isaiah is the prophet. His name means the salvation of God. He comes forward, he's born of kingly lion, he's part of the aristocracy. But God lays on his heart a message for the people. And my dear people, in the times in which we're living, this God that we love and serve is the same God that prophesied at that time his hope and his glory through his son Emmanuel who would be born in Bethlehem. Is the same God who has the same message for you and for me today. Amen. The reason He does that is He wants us to listen to what He is saying through prophecy. Now I know that many of you have listened to many of the prophets who are saying Oh, don't take the vaccine, you see. Because the vaccine has got a little thing in it and you'll be, you'll be labelled. Now the vaccine and, and all that kind of nonsense these people are doing. And Jesus is coming. The minute the vaccine is in you you'll see. You'll have the mark of the beast. The only beast will be you not going to be any other beast. Because the Antichrist has to give what? He has to give permission for that mark to be put where? Not in your body, but on your forehead, on the palm of your hand. Amen? And by the way, anybody here, have you signed up to be there when that's going to happen? No, we believe in a rapture when Christ will come. I'm just trying to point out this morning, we're living in times of total spiritual confusion. And oh, we need to look back at the sign. What is the sign that Jesus Christ is coming? The Bible says, the only sign that you and I have got left is this one. Look, He's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see Him. Hallelujah. Now when you begin to look at God's signs, you begin to go God's way. Now what does the signpost tell you? It gives you direction. Well, Jesus Christ came into the world through being born in Bethlehem. And He is the signpost. Pointing us to God. Pointing us to the direction of salvation through Him. He is the way. Hallelujah. And brothers and sisters, this morning when we look at that, we come to this book of Isaiah and we begin to see that the sign would be a virgin will conceive and bear a son and you'll call his name Emmanuel. Matthew quotes that verse directly in the light of Christ's birth. He says it's fulfilled. You notice all the other scriptures that have been fulfilled as well. Coming back to the king, was he causing confusion? Yes, among his people, our leaders, just like Ahaz, caused confusion today. You see, Isaiah said to him, why don't you ask God for a sign? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to ask God for a sign. If God wants to, He can give me a sign. And Isaiah says to him, you know, you need to acknowledge... That you're trusting the living God by asking Him for a sign and be prepared to trust that sign. When you and I see a road sign, you actually read what's on the board. It's not the sign that's pink and green and blue that attracts your attention. It's, it, it's the instruction on the sign. It says, Rude this way. Isn't it right? You follow the instruction so you can go in the right direction. And brothers and sisters, we look at Ahaz. Privately, secretly, he was making an alliance with the king of Assyria. And so outwardly he was saying one thing, and inwardly he was doing another thing. There are many of us as Christians who outwardly appear to be wonderful, but we are in league with the enemy. Inwardly, what are we? Yes. Our hearts are not on the things that God wants us to do. But outwardly we can pretend and show people that it looks good. And oh, that's deception. In your own heart and own life, just like Isaiah points out here, you're going to find that you don't have trust in God, but you have trust in yourself or trust in the other people around you or in the philosophy or the teaching that you're starting to believe. My Bible teaches me clearly here that Ahaz Was hypocritical. But the result is he didn't see the sign. He didn't understand what God was saying. I'm absolutely amazed how many Christians don't understand the truth of Christmas, they don't understand the truth of God. Why? It's because you're inwardly in alliance with something else. You're thinking about something else. You're not really worried about Christ being born and God doing something through His Son. Beloved, we take these two books, Isaiah. It's the first part of the bridge that is built over our understanding. We take the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. If that book wasn't there, the New Testament would mean absolutely nothing to us. Because it, tell, it takes over where Malachi leaves. Off. So this part of the bridge is built. Prophecy. This part is the fulfilled prophecy. And on this bridge this morning. We're going to look at the fulfillment and the meaning. Of all that this means. As a sign. To you and to me. What is the sign? A virgin will conceive. And bear a son. And you shall call his name. Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Have you stopped to think of that? When you think of Christmas, what do you think of? Good time? The money you spent? Or do you stop to think God with us and ask the question, how is that possible? When you look at that bridge, you realize the promise was made. and you look at this part of the bridge as it joins together, the promise is fulfilled when the promise is fulfilled, my brother and sister, you and I are able to enjoy the meaning of that that particular promise. Amen. Amen. And I trust this morning that you look again at these little words. This word, Emmanuel, God with us. You see, scripture interprets scripture. I haven't gone to history, I haven't gone anywhere outside to some special book. No, I've just gone back to the Bible. Isaiah said it. Matthew interprets it because it happened just as Isaiah prophesied. Why? Because prophecy is the fourth spoken word of God. And so today, if scripture interprets Scripture, we see Matthew interprets Isaiah. And the meaning is here. What is the meaning? That Joseph, a just man, the Bible says, a young carpenter, is engaged to a lady called Mary in our time and culture, this might not mean much to you, but their engagement was almost like being married. Although they didn't live together, unlike we do today. They didn't just fall into bed together and say that was it. They, they honored and respected the laws of God. And he would take her at a particular time and he would present her to the people and he'd be given his bride, he'd go and fetch his bride, be brought, brought home And he would take her as his wife, and then he would become one flesh with her. But Joseph had a problem. What was the problem? She comes to him one day and she says, Listen, I'm pregnant. Oh, 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 bye-bye. I want nothing to do with this one. Is that right? Are you some of you young ladies wonder why the man isn't around? Because you gave him too much opportunity in the beginning. That's why he's not there. That's why welfare is your husband. I'm talking straight to you today. We need to understand these things. Because the world is filled with children who don't have families. Now was this the situation with with Jesus? Now I want you to know something. Jesus is illegitimately born. Because Joseph doesn't know the oneness with his wife at that period of time. He doesn't divorce her. He takes her as his fiancée and looks after her until that baby is born in Bethlehem. And on one occasion, somebody said to Jesus Christ, Are you not the illegitimate son of Mary? I know that illegitimacy hurts. But you know something? We can't let that sit on our backs and get us down. We've got to live for the purpose for which God allowed me to breathe and be born. Amen. Well, this morning, if God is with us through the birth of this child, what does God hope to accomplish The Bible says in the New Testament, in the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman. Born under the law. Born of a woman means that He would be conceived of by the Holy Spirit. This is when God becomes Christ, or God becomes Jesus. Not Jesus become God. It's when God becomes Jesus. Amen. Because He takes on human flesh. And He's born as a natural baby. But He is the God-Man that makes the divine difference. And you see, I believe this morning that's this fulfillment. But go back a little bit. Isaiah's first wife had died. And he had a son. Took on a second wife. The Bible says, He took on a second wife, He married her, She conceived, And she bore a son. That virgin that married him, conceived and bore a son he was the father of that child and he called that child Emmanuel that was the sign to the nation then God hasn't forsaken you I want to tell you this morning the same God is still speaking and saying to you and to me I haven't forsaken you I'm with you have you ever heard of that? I'm right here, present, with you. We need to lift up our hearts and faith and trust again that the living God is, is fulfilling what He promised, that He's here with us. Second thing I noticed, about the same son, He gave him another name, not a prophetic name, but another name, and his name was Shira Yashub. That means the remnant shall return. I need to know the history. The history was this. Israel and Syria... Uh, 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 Assyria attacked Syria and defeated them. Then Assyria came and attacked Israel and took them all to Babylon. They never never came back to Israel. But then they came down and took some people from Judah. They also went to Babylon. But the brilliance of of it is this, that Shirad Yashuk is Isaiah's son's name and the sign was this, a remnant. Some people will come back to Israel. Jerusalem, and they will continue to restore the nation of Israel. What is the sign, Lord? That virgin that Isaiah married, who's now conceived in marriage, has brought forth the son. I'm telling you, I am still with you no matter where you go. Amen. No matter what you're going through, I'm still with you. And so we look at Judah under the times of Ezra, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel. The Israelites come back to Judah. They rebuild the temple, they rebuild the wall. Why Judah? Because you see, the Messiah, the promised Emmanuel, had to come through the line of the tribe of Judah. God, through prophecy, preserving through His providence, preserving the whole fact in history of His Son to be born just as he said. God has his way in this world. I remind you, the demons don't control this world. They have an area where they, they, they operate. But listen, God is in control of your destiny and mine. The same as he was in control of the destiny of the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. Emmanuel is a title and description of Jesus, the son of God. So there are three things I'll close with this morning. And you may get home early today, how's that? Have you be alright. But at least you can think about this. First of all, if Emmanuel is God with us, you stop and think about that. Don't just say it. Don't just sing it. Think about it. God with us? Has any man seen God at any time? Nobody. But wait, wait a moment. 700 years later, in that manger, those wise men look into the face of God. God can be visible if you can see in Christ, the living God. Amen. Well, I want you to notice that Jesus is God because the Bible says he is Emmanuel, God with us. God is sovereign. Is Jesus sovereign? Yes. Someone said to me that Jesus spoke about being in the bosom of the Father. When He was in the cradle, He wasn't in the bosom of the Father? Of course He was. When He was on the cross, was He in the bosom of the Father? Of course He was. You see, God is eternal. He's everywhere all the time, wherever He needs to be. And Jesus being God the Son, in essence, in substance with the Father, they were there together. Jesus has always been in the bosom of the Father. Amen. Amen. So let me remind you that Jesus is the sovereign Lord in that cradle. He's not just a weakling baby. Is He in control of the universe? He controls it from the cradle to the cross to glory. Amen? Amen. So notice with me then. There's one aspect of the, the divinity of God I want to show you this morning. is God's infiniteness. It's a big word for some of us. Even for me. It means that God is limitless. You, you can never limit God. He can do anything. You see, you cannot measure God. In a form or a formula or a substance. No, it can't be measured. And, and when we look at that, we say to ourselves, God, the God who is there, the God who said, I am with you, is a God who is measureless and infinite. Oh, the depth, says the Apostle Paul, of the riches, both of the wisdom, the knowledge of God, the unsearchable, in all His ways, are past-finding out. Hallelujah! This is, he, this is He who is God with us. This is the God who cannot be measured. You can't measure Him by the universe. He's far greater than that. You can't measure Him by any other um, discovery. Let me tell you, God is far bigger than anything we know. Amen. So let me remind you in His infiniteness I see three things. That God is first of all, whatever God is Is all that God is. I say it again. Whatever God is. Is all that God is. We don't know it all. But He knows it all. He is it all. Amen. So don't ever believe He can't do for you what you never thought of. He can. My Bible teaches me this morning clearly. That when I I look at Him. With Him that's with God. Time does not pass. Why? Because God is eternal. The God with us. He's eternal. He's not here today and gone tomorrow. He is eternal. I am with you. Secondly, I need us to notice that His mercy is limitless. Why? Because His forgiveness is once, forever, for always. Hallelujah. Amen. You've got some sin you need to have hidden far away? and have mercy for, be forgiven for, he says, I, I am that living God who is limitless. I don't have a limit to my mercy and to my grace in your life. That means when you think you're too bad for God, listen, you can never, never out sin the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thirdly, I want us to notice this. You, his love is never limited. He's infinite. How do I know that? The most famous verse in the New Testament. For God so loved the world. I've read it so many times. It was the first Bible verse I ever learned at the age of 12. It was that verse. And it means so much to me today because it says it. For God so loved. When I studied Greek, I understood the tense. In the present continuous tense, God still continues to love me. It's infinite. God is infinite. I can never outdo him this morning. I could never say, you know, I could outlove you, God. Never. He could never stop loving me. This is the God who is with us. Amen. 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 I want you to understand this lovingly this morning because you see, God is not hidden. I shared this with you sometime uh, this past year. God is not hidden. Many people think, I can't see God operating. God is always present. You just got to see what he's doing. How do you see? By faith. Wherefore, well, by faith, you please God. God is the self existent one. And this God with us, in the fulfillment of this verse and in the cradle of, of, of the Bethlehem manger, this God with us is a self existent God. Nobody made him, he's always been. He always is. God is. Ask me who God is, I'll tell you He is. And beloved, if He's self-existent, He's self-revealed. No man found God. I hear people say, I found the Lord. Where did you find Him? You found Him in Mayfair. You find Him in a cupboard? <laughs> you can't find God. God finds you. God in His self-existence is the God in His mercy and in His love who seeks you and me, who finds us because of His passion and love for you and me, His creation. If you're sitting here this morning thinking nobody cares, nobody loves me. I spoke to a girl this week. She's a quadriplegic. Used to be a, a strapping young woman, athlete, everything going for her. But 10 years ago, found herself with a stroke and landed in this wheelchair. As I sat by her, she said, I've been in this wheelchair 10 years. And the wonderful thing that struck me was this. She still had her Bible. She still had her Bible. Reading her Bible. Unable to move. Unable to feed herself. Just able to smile and to laugh. And I want to say this to you. She's the one who said said this to me. I still know and love the Lord my God. My brothers and sisters, let me remind you this morning. God has no origin. He's not created. You and I have an origin, a beginning. God doesn't have a beginning. And everything that we we understand about God, especially going back to Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Everything God is, uh, God is self-revealed. You cannot say, I discovered this about God like a scientist. God has to reveal Himself for you, for you to know Him. And where does He reveal Himself? Through His Word. If you don't believe what God revealed, you'll never know the true and living God. You'll never know the truth for which men and women have put their lives on the line and died as martyrs. You'll never know the truth about God unless you believe with all your heart the truth about God Himself from His own precious Word. You see, Isaiah meets God in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. He doesn't introduce himself in the first five chapters. But the sixth chapter, he says, The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Isaiah has a personal encounter with the true, self-existent, no origin, living God. My brothers and sisters, when you meet the living God, you know it. And you know something about Him. You don't just know His name. You know Him in character. And the the secret of loving God and knowing God is this. That you fear the Lord with a holy fear. Not with a sinful fear, an evil fear. But with a holy fear, you reverence the true and the living God. Why? Because He says, God is with us. Beloved, looking at this today... I look at Jesus Christ Himself. In the New Testament, you notice Emmanuel is that son lying in that manger, born from who? Born from Mary and Joseph, his father. Born in Bethlehem, as prophesied. Born on time. And what does the Bible continue to teach us? You see, first of all, when Jesus lived in this world... He allowed people to talk to him, share with him, and do what he had to do, miracles. But the one thing they did was question him about who he really is. And Jesus on one occasion said, Before Abram was, I am. What's he saying? I'm the self-existing God. When they were putting Jesus to death, they say, it's not because of the things you did we are putting you to death, but you claim to be the son of of God, You claim to be the I am. That's the reason. We say you're, you're calling yourself God. You cannot do that. They just didn't see the completeness of God's glory in the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Before Abram was I am, what did they do? They tried to stone him, but eventually they crucified him. And then John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. Now this is a good one. And the Word was God. Wow! The same Jesus is God with us. Just like God was with the mega who came... To see Jesus. So God through his word says. Through his disciples in Matthew 11.22. They follow the star. These Magi they find Jesus. God was with them. God is with Abraham. God was with Moses. But this is God. In the manger. In the flesh. Amen. So. If the word was God. He was made flesh and dwelt among us. God with us, as we've said. 1 John 5 verse 20 said, This is the true God and the eternal life. Jesus Christ is God. You said, do you understand it all, Pastor? I don't quite understand it all. All I know is this. He's of the same substance. He's equal with the Father and the Spirit. And they operate together as God. God through Christ and in Christ is with us. Praise God. We have Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Yes. Next, I want us to notice, if Jesus is God, then Jesus is God who is not just God, but like we've been emphasizing, God with us. If He is Emmanuel, then we want to see something here. Firstly, He is with us in the promise of salvation. What does God do? He didn't come just to show off that I'm here. He came to do something very important to meet your need and mine. He came first of all as a just God. And you'll see on the cross that God pours out His justice on Jesus Christ. And justly God takes the price for sin only from the sinless Christ. And pays the debt. So that you and I could be forgiven. But you notice with me here today. That when Jesus Christ dies on that cross. You notice the other thing. That Jesus in His grace and in His mercy is also the living Son of God. And God is present, acting in and through Christ, because He's God, in this world as He is. He says, I will be with you. Jesus said that to His disciples. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And you see, uh, how do we know that the promise can be fulfilled in us? Firstly is this, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is this? It is the good news about God in Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the gospel, and if you believe the gospel, then you believe that God is with me, that God is working His salvation through me. But through the gospel, you get introduced to God Himself, and so this morning I trust that you're saved by grace, and that you received the gospel invitation. Because it's God with us presenting that invitation to you and to me. So when you receive that invitation, you receive the fulfillment of the promise. The promise is mine. God promised me eternal life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise and glory be to God. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, I am with thee. I will be your strength. I will help thee. You see, the secret of the Lord is in the fear of Him only. You trust the Lord in what He says. You believe the promise and God fulfills it in your life and mine. Is God with us in trials and difficulties? I'm sure this morning if I let you stand up, you'd tell me, I went through this but God. This happened but God. I can tell you in this church throughout this week, there is but God. God is always here. He's always visible because His promise is always true. I am God with you. That is the truth of this matter. Through our trials and difficulties. Now remember, every one of us have trials. But I want to say this quickly this morning. Beware, your trial is not your temptation. Your trial is your test. But through trials, because we we complain and we become weak and we become discouraged, we are tempted to do what? Not to trust God anymore like Ahaz, to make alliance with other people to help us out of our problem, instead of letting God and God alone help us through the problem. Amen? Trust only in God in your trial. Only to accept God's solution for your trial. Don't accept any other advice, only what God's Word says, and you'd live your life accordingly. Thirdly is this. I begin to see that Jesus is God with us, not only in my trials, but in my service for Him wow he is not only walking with me day by day but he's working in me every day are you believing that are you seeing that god is working on my character god is building not me as a successful hero no i'm not a success i'm a work in progress god is shaping and molding my spiritual character so that i can be a better person from the inside out and beloved here today We are together in this walk, in the spirit. What kept you going in your life? What has kept you going? The great missionary David Livingston was asked the question, through your 13 years in Africa, never heard of, in 13 years in Africa. And then they found him. And the famous words, Dr. Livingston, I presume. And when he was back in England, he was asked the question, What kept you going through all those years? And then they used to say this, in darkest Africa. He said these words. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I might be speaking to someone this morning. You can't anymore. Darkness is there. Disappointment is there. Heartbreak is there. He's never left you. He's always with you. What must I do, Pastor? Trust his word. Trust him in person. Bring him into the situation by faith in your life. Not only ask him for advice, but do what he says. What did Mary say to those who carried the water? Do what Jesus says. And beloved, this morning, when we do that, we exercise our faith. Sicker, thirdly, is this in sorrow and suffering. He says, I am with you. I've been reading a book in the last couple of weeks on the Fox's Book of Martyrs. People who lay down their life for the truth that they believed. Maybe our day's coming. And in England, the Roman Catholic Church put to death thousands of Christians because they believed the truth about the Bible. Now, not a common man never had the Bible. Only Aristocracy had a copy a copy of the Bible. And a man called William Tyndale began to translate the Bible into the common language, which we read in the King James Version of the Bible. And he was going to give copies to everybody in England. And his famous words were these: The plowboy will know more than the Pope. Why? Because he's just had a Bible to read and a truth to stand on. And William Tyndale was dragged for that statement and the truth that he stood for to 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 a gallows there he was strangled and then he was burned and just before his death he said this lord open the eyes of the king of england and a hundred years later king james said this i decree that the bible be translated into the common man's language and I'll pay for it. The King James 1611 version, I've got two, two copies in my study, is the, is the version that came out. It's 400 years old. Does God preserve it? Why does He preserve it? Because He said it. Because He promised through it that He'd be with us. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Are the martyrs gone? They're gone. Their blood has sealed the truth. In their suffering, they still stand strong for God. They never forsook the God who said, I am with you. Lastly this morning, Jesus is God in me. I repeat, Jesus is God in me. You so, say, Pastor, where did you get that one from? Colossians one twenty-seven. Christ in you the hope of glory. Amen? You see, Matthew brings this wonderful fulfillment in, but the rest of the Gospels begin to spell out the truth. It's not Christ with me. It's not Christ religion. It's Christ personally in me. John 1 verse 12, Jesus said, As many as received me to those who believe in me, to them I give the right. become the children of God. You can't have Christ as Savior by acknowledgement only. You have Christ as Savior by receiving Him, by committing your life to Him, by asking Him to come and live in your life by His Spirit. God comes to live in you because He comes to live for this purpose, to save you from your sin, to set you free. And the fact is this, He died, He rose And He lives today. Hallelujah. And that's why He can be living in me and be the hope of glory. God with me. Emmanuel. Christ in me. Beloved, that's the fact. What's the method? Once again, we go back to the gospel. If you've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, that He's been born, that He lived and died for you, that He rose again and is coming back for you and promises you eternal life. Then you today have got to do something so that you can experience the promise of God by believing and trusting Him into your life today. First Timothy 3.16 says, The mystery of godliness can be manifested in your flesh. How is that possible? When God comes to live in a man, his life is crooked. His life is absolutely a waste. But he straightens out that life. And people begin to see through that, th- that life once debauched, once so sinful. But God has made a change. A God change. A salvation change. A redemption change. A rebirth change. That man becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my brothers and sisters. You say not possible. I'll tell you, there's some sitting in this, this congregation today will stand up and testify that is possible. From rags to riches. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to God. You see, our God is alive. And it's not just a matter of being with you outwardly. That with you is, I want to be living in you by my spirit. And then, if we close this morning, we're going to say this. If Jesus is the living embodiment of God then Jesus Christ was God acting like God in everything he did. Amen? Amen. Yes. He is acting like God. Can you see him acting like God? He turns water into wine. Can you? No, you're not God. He sits on, on the helm of the boat. The waves and the storm take the boat. What does Jesus say? Be quiet. Be still. Go sit quietly. And the sea is calm. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Oh my friends, I rejoice in this. Because whatever Jesus did is what God did. Whatever Jesus did is what God is about to do. What about when He opens the eyes of a blind man? Man can't see. He's been born blind. He's not just had a disease. He's born blind. And the creator of the world is Jesus, as the living God creator, touches those eyes and causes them to see, to focus, to enjoy life again. Yes. Jesus, what he does, is what God does. And I will rejoice this morning that the babe of Bethlehem is Emmanuel. God with us, but God working His work in us and through us to the glory of God. Because Christ is all and He's in all who believe on Him. Oh, please don't leave this service today. If your heart is cold and empty if you've never found the true relationship with Emmanuel God with us God in you for it's Christ in you the hope of glory let's pray together shall we we are touched Lord by the very simplicity of your great working Through the birth of a baby